0: Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. At present, we're working through 1 Peter. We've come to the final chapter in this great letter. Peter wrote this letter to Christians who were suffering uh, in many forms they were suffering. Some he's writing to because they are suffering for the faith. Some he's writing to because they're suffering injustice in their life. And he's writing to encourage these Christians with the gospel, reminding them that Christ suffered. And in his suffering, he provided an example for us continuing to entrust himself to his father. Continuing to entrust himself to God, continuing to recognize that God had a plan, and that it may include suffering, and that in fact does include suffering, but that doesn't mean that we can't trust God. And so Peter lays out these wonderful gospel truths about what God has done for us in Christ, He reminds us of the certainty of the outcome. He reminds us that He has caused us to be born again to a living hope. And He lays out all of these gospel principles to remind us that that is the basis for how we need to think about our life. We need to process our suffering through the reality, through the lens of what Christ has done for us and our standing before God, not the other way around. But we are so very prone to to get that backwards, aren't we? In fact, there's a whole line of theology that has creeped its way into virtually every corner of the American church that would have us believe that if we are living anything other than a blessed life, that if we are suffering, that that actually indicates there's a problem with our standing with God. First Peter puts that to rest. Reminding us that we need to think about life in the exact opposite way. Because we are founded in Christ, that is the rubric through, the lens through which we now understand suffering. So when we come to chapter five, he's been encouraging Christians what it looks like to live in the light of the gospel in this way. And now he looks specifically to elders. So let me pray for us, then I'll read 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, and offer a few comments. Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you that you instruct us by your word how we are to live, how we are to honor you. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen us even this morning by your spirit that we might understand your word, that we might be strengthened by it, that we might know the love that you have for us. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As we look at this passage, it's important for us to kind of think about the context in which Peter is writing this. He tells us right back at the very beginning of of the letter to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So in part, his audience in view are these Christians that have been scattered to these far-flung regions of the Roman Empire probably uh, for twofold reason. One, because the the Roman government in the capital had grown tired of the Christians and what was going on there, but saw that there would be an advantage in sending them out because they could help expand the empire and take Roman culture to these new regions of the empire. And so they had been scattered from their homes, scattered from their home churches, scattered from their home communities to all of these other places. And there, Peter is calling on them and writing to them to encourage them in the faith. And so what may be happening here is Peter may be writing to them knowing that the structures that they were used to in their home churches had had been disrupted. And so he tells the elders, listen, the flock of God that you find yourself around in these new circumstances, shepherd them. Care for them. Tend to those Christians who are around you. See, we've got to understand this may not have been him just writing to elders in established churches where the organization was all put in place because their lives had been horribly disrupted. And so he writes to those elders that have been scattered with the rest of the body, laying out his credentials. I, I too am an elder. I've seen the sufferings of Christ. I, too, am a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Peter's just laying out his kind of apostolic and Christian credentials here in order to instruct them, shepherd the flock of God, exercising oversight. Those Christians that you find yourself with, dear elders. And we can say here, whether that is, In such a situation as this, where things have been turned on their head, or if you are an elder, one of the leadership in an established church, shepherd the people of God that are around you, exercising oversight. And Peter lays out how it is that these shepherds, these elders, are to do this work. First, as as shepherds with all the tenderness and care of a shepherd towards his sheep. This, of course, hopefully for us, calls to mind that wonderful shepherd psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, David is there writing of God as his shepherd. But here as we see, in verse 4, that there's this chief shepherd who will appear. Here we see the elders of the church presented as under-shepherds and, and as somehow carrying out this shepherding work in a temporal sense with the people of God. This is what shepherds are to do. This is how elders are to be towards their people. And then Peter tells them their job is to exercise oversight, to lead, to care for And then he tells them how they're to do this, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not not as this is some burden, not as begrudgingly, not I'm just doing this because I have to, but recognizing that this is the call that God has put on your life. Walk in his will. Likewise, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not in order that you may be thought high of. Not in order that you may somehow gain from this that God has called you to. Not that you may advance yourself. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Not ruthlessly leading. Not my way or the highway type leadership but rather modeling for them what Christ has modeled for us. Show these people who are struggling, show these people who are suffering what it looks like, dear shepherds, to continue entrusting yourself to God, to continue entrusting your soul to the faithful Creator while doing good. Continue to model Christ for them that they might walk in the same way. And here's the promise. When Christ, the chief shepherd, when he appears again, you too will receive the unfading crown of glory. Your reward is not to be found in this life, but in that which is to come. And it's found in Christ. Then Peter turns to those who are not the elders. Here he says to the youngers and and tell them to be subject to the elders. Listen to, to what they're saying to you. Pay attention to them. Follow them. They are seeking to lead you, to help you, to set this example of what it looks like to continue to trust Jesus, to continue to follow him. Pay attention. Submit to them. And then Peter says to all of them, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Neither the shepherd nor the sheep, neither the elders nor the body are to treat each other and come at each other in arrogance and pride for their own good trying to accomplish their own agenda, but are to walk with each other in complete humility. That's our calling as Christians in how we deal with each other. That's our calling as elders in how we lead the flock. That's our calling as the flock in how we follow the elders, all of us clothed together by the Spirit in humility, walking with one another in humble servant love that we might be strengthened to follow our Savior even in the midst of suffering. Amen.